Amen. Ephesians chapter number six, we know this well. Let's stand together. Uh, we're going to skip over the armor of God. We know that well. The armor is something we can do for ourselves. The Bible says to take unto you the whole armor of God and begins giving us all the different pieces of the armor that we need. I encourage you to read over that sometime. You need every piece that is in there, particularly in the world we're living in today. But when we get toward the end of the armor, verse 17, <clears throat> we have the helmet of salvation. And after he tells us to take the armor, therefore ourselves, now we pick up in verse number 18, things we can do for others. The Bible says in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Notice this is for others. The armor we take unto for ourselves. Now we see things we can do for others. Now, verse number 19 is very interesting. Verse number 19 is where the Apostle Paul is actually giving us something that he needs, something that he is asking prayer for. Verse 19, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for all that it contains that we need. No, Lord, I, I pray you'd help us not to omit anything. Uh, Lord, you preserved it for us because we need it. Help us open our hearts to receive it tonight. And I pray that, Lord, we would see these things that Paul is praying for as necessities in our own life, Lord, uh, each and every day, but particularly in the day we're living in now. I pray you'd help us with the message tonight. Give us grace and liberty in the preaching. Help us respond in the invitation for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> tonight we're going to continue in a uh, series that we started on Wednesday night, I told you we would bounce around from Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. We have a lot going on in December, and so not knowing which, uh, which services we're going to have allocated, uh, I go as we feel led to go with on the series. So we're going to bounce around Wednesdays to Sunday. And Wednesday we started a series entitled A Christmas List. Uh, for the Christian life. And what we're focusing in on is oftentimes this time of year, we're making a lot of lists, aren't we? Uh, the older I get, the more I learn to live and to operate off of lists, particularly this time of year. I've told you many times, my wife, when she'll mention she wants something or like something, my daughter's the same way. Uh, I have a list on my phone. It's entitled Christmas, uh, and I'll go on there throughout the entire year, and I'll add things to the list. That way, come Christmas time around this season, I'm not scrambling around trying to figure out what it was my wife really wanted and usually do okay on the gift giving department. I, I think I, I do okay, you know. I don't have to throw a whole lot of filler gifts in there because I've tried to pay attention on things that they like. And uh, we've got about three weeks to go here. And I know if you're like me, you're working down your list. I remember as a kid, my mom, she would have lists on the back of envelopes. Anybody ever do that? You have these lists written down of things you're getting for other people or maybe a piece of notebook paper of gifts that you've got to get for the kids and gifts for the spouse, gifts for uh, different people in your family, and you're working down that list, but most of those things are tangible. All right, we're, we're writing lists and making lists of things maybe that we want. I know our kids are doing that, right? Our kids are making lists of things they want. They've probably already turned it in to mom and dad and are busily waiting for everything to be filled on that list. Uh, maybe for moms and dads, most of our lists are things that we're getting for other people, but they're tangible. They're things that we want or things that we're going to get that other people want. They're not necessarily spiritual. It's a lot like the preacher that I heard about one time. Uh, Sunday was uh, Christmas. Christmas fell on a Sunday that year, and after the service, he was shaking hands. He walked out into the uh, parking lot, and they had a nativity set up there on the lawn of the church. And he noticed that something was missing. In the center of the nativity, the baby Jesus was gone. 
He began looking around thinking, who on earth would steal baby Jesus? And he was about to pick up his phone and call the police for someone had committed this brazen act of terrorism, stealing the baby Jesus out of the manger. And right as he prepared to call 911, he looked down the sidewalk and he saw a, a young man pulling a, a, a radio flyer, the red wagon, and in the wagon was baby Jesus. He runs the boy down and asks him what on earth he thought he was doing stealing baby Jesus out of the manger. The young man says, I'm not stealing him, I promise. He says, well, that's exactly what it looks like. Can you explain to me why baby Jesus is in your wagon? The boy put his head down and he says, yeah, I can, but you're probably not going to believe me. He says, I've been praying for a radio flyer wagon for years. And finally, I told Jesus that if he gave me my radio flyer wagon, that he'd be the first person that I took a ride in it. And so I picked him up and I took him for a ride and I was going to bring him back after we got around the block. Now, I'm thankful tonight that we get those tangible things that we want. I, I am thankful uh, for gifts and I'm thankful for things I can use and put to use. But how often do we reflect upon seeking from God those things only God can give us? All right, we have things we want from other people. We talked about that Wednesday night. We have tangible gifts we, we want from other people or we want to get to other people. But there are things tonight that our Father wants for us, but oftentimes I fear we don't reflect upon the needs we have in our spiritual life enough to have a list that we're willing to go to our Father for. Aren't you glad tonight we call him Father? He is our father. My, my daughter has things she would like for Christmas. She drops ever not so subtle hints all the time of the things she wants for Christmas. And she's dropping them around me because she knows I'm her dad and I'm the sucker. She knows. Look, she drops them around me when mom's not around because mom's like, don't fall for it. You know, my wife is a, was a young lady who dropped those hints around her dad, and she knows how the con works, except for now it comes out of our paycheck, you know, not mom and dad's paycheck. My daughter will drop those hints. Why? Because there's things she wants that she knows that if dad's just willing to swipe the old plastic, he can get for her. Now, folks, our father has so much more that he would desire for his children. And they're not necessarily the tangible things that oftentimes reach the top of the priority list. They're more spiritual things that he desires for us. But how often do we sit down and actually begin writing a list? God, you know what? I'm looking at my spiritual life and things that I, I need. And, and Father, would you help me with this? Do you think for a moment tonight that God's going to hold back those spiritual things that we know we need that he desires that we have? I don't think at all he will. Wednesday night, we talked about vanity. We covered that on vanity about how removing things away out of our life that are hollow, removing things that, that aren't going to matter, things that are not true. Now, here's the Apostle Paul. What an amazing passage here. When I read Ephesians chapter 6, I never preached on this particular subject right out of this passage before, and I began to see the humility of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is one of the few people that I read about in the Word of God that after he got saved, I feel like he had it all together. You know, you ever see those people, you never see them really make a mistake, they never get mad, they ever, never get impatient, they never get unkind, they just seem like once they got saved, they had it all put together. And the Apostle Paul is one of those people, and yet for a brief moment, if you'll look in verse 19, you're going to see a little bit of his humility here as he's asking God for something he needs. Now here's Paul saying he needs some things in his life. Now folks, if Paul needs these things in his life, I believe we need them in ours. So let's look tonight on this Christmas list for the Christian life and let's see what Paul was asking for. Verse 19, the Bible says, and for me, Paul speaking, 
that utterance may be given unto me. It almost seems like he has a list. Here's something I need from my Father. I'm asking that you pray for this for me. Pray that utterance may be given unto me. Now, Paul is asking for something, to be honest with you. When I read that verse, it seems like he's asking for something that he has an abundance of. I mean, do you ever read Paul in the, in the epistles, do you ever read the apostle Paul seeming to be in lacking for words? I mean, the apostle Paul always seems like not only does he have the right thing to say, but he always says it at the right time and he says it to the right people. And so Paul is yet praying for utterance. He says, I need utterance that it may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly. Now, folks, when I begin to dig into this, begin to realize that the word utterance has really two parts. We're going to break them up into two points tonight. The first part is something we need on our list, something we need to ask God for, okay? When Paul says, I'm asking for utterance, what he was really asking God for was opportunity to open his mouth. Number one tonight, I believe if there's something we ought to be willing to ask God for, we ought to be willing to ask God for the opportunity to speak up for the things of God. Now, folks, this seems like a small thing tonight, but how often in our own life do we avoid opportunities rather than ask for opportunities? I think we've all been guilty of being in the I hope they don't ask me club. Have you ever been there? You know, people in your office, they're talking about the Lord, or maybe there's a religious question going around, and you're sitting there like, please don't ask me. Please don't ask me, especially if it's about revelation. You know, they're asking something about the horsemen and all the vials and the judgments and all this, and you're like, please don't ask me. Why? We don't normally want to speak up. Matter of fact, most of us would probably volunteer to be that silent partner when we go out soul winning, right? I'm just going to be the prayer warrior. That's what I'm going to do. I don't want to speak. But Paul is asking God. He's seeking from God. He says, God, would you give me utterance? Would you give me opportunities to speak up about the things of God? Now, how often do we hear stories from people? Brother Ray was loaded with them, wasn't he? Brother Ray was loaded with stories. And how often do we sit back and we hear these preachers and we sit around and we listen to them talk and they're talking about this story and this experience and this experience and you're thinking, man, I wish I had stories like that. Do you know why they have stories like that? Because they had opportunities. Do you know where the opportunities came from? They sought them. They sought them. Folks, look, if God's going to work in us and through us to reach Hattiesburg with the gospel of Christ, we've got to be willing tonight to pray and ask God, God, would you give me opportunities? God, would you give me chances to be able to speak up for the things of God? I'll tell you, it's a shame today that how often those who are on the far deviant side of life and lifestyle are so much more quick to speak up and speak about things that God calls an abomination when God's people are afraid to speak up about what thus saith the Lord. Why? We don't want the opportunities. We don't want them. I don't want to have to speak up. I don't want to have to stand out. But can I tell you something? When you stand before God, oh, I believe we're going to see so many opportunities that were there, but we weren't looking for them. We weren't seeking them. You know what Paul's asking for? Give me opportunities. Give me opportunities. The other night we were sitting in a restaurant here in town and uh, having dinner together after the first parade and sitting at a table. And uh, there were some college students behind us, very nice college students sitting right behind us. I'm assuming from USM. We're right down the road from that. And I uh, heard them talking about church. 
and uh, heard them talking about uh, salvation and, and just listening. I wasn't eavesdropping, okay? They were just talking loud, and I have big ears, so it was just a match made in heaven. We're just sitting there, and I'm listening to them talk and talk about salvation and, and how many times they had been baptized. And, uh, you know, it didn't take the first time, so I got baptized again, and I got baptized again. And uh, after a while, I'm assuming they're just going to get waterlogged and not saved, you know? And we're just sitting there, and my daughter glances over at me. She hears it too. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, they're just eating dinner. You know, I don't want to interrupt their dinner. And the Lord says, opportunity. I said, Lord, do you expect me to go talk to these people at their table? I mean, interrupt their dinner. And so the longer the Lord worked on my heart a little bit, had to get my heart where it needed to be, I said, all right, we're just going to go over there and talk to these people at their table. Walked over, introduced myself, told them who I was, told them where I pastored. I said, hey, I heard you guys talking about this. And we had a long conversation together uh, about the Lord, invited them to church, and hopefully they'll come and get to go to church. But there was an opportunity. I wasn't looking for it, but it was there. Now, folks, if there's opportunities all around us tonight that we're not looking for that are there, imagine how many more opportunities we could have if we sought them. Paul is saying, watch this, verse 19, and for me that utterance may be given unto me. The apostle Paul had no problem talking. He wanted opportunities to speak about the things of the Lord. Now, folks, if we don't get this, if we don't get this, we're going to miss out on the golden opportunity of the time that we're living in. We're living in a wonderful time to speak up about the things of God. Why? Because that's what everybody's looking for. They just don't realize it. I'll give you an example. Boy, really pricked my heart this afternoon as I began to study about Judas. Do the Bible says in both Matthew and Luke, when it describes the betrayal of Christ, listen close, it uses these words in Matthew and Luke speaking of Judas. He sought opportunity to betray him. He sought opportunity to betray him. Here's what convicted my heart. It's sad that Judas sought the opportunity to betray him, but oftentimes, like Peter, you and I shun the opportunity to defend him. Judas was looking for an opportunity to betray Christ. It says that in two of the Gospels, he sought out the opportunity to betray Christ. Now, folks, if there are people tonight that are willing to seek out opportunities to betray Christ, how much more should we seek out the opportunities to stand up for Christ? That's what Paul is saying. He says, Lord, I need utterance. And if the apostle Paul needed it, oh, then you and I this, this evening need it so much the more. Remember in Acts chapter number 17, verse 16, the apostle Paul is waiting at Athens. Now here's Paul. He's waiting at Athens. The Bible says he begins looking over this wicked, idolatrous city, and his spirit got stirred in him. Now, granted, Paul was not invited to come into the synagogue. Listen close. The Bible says his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. The apostle Paul saw an opportunity. Now, when they heard him speaking in the synagogues, what happened? You remember what happened next? They came and got him and took him to Mars Hill. How many times do we wish we had a Mars Hill moment? Boy, I just wish somebody would come and ask me to tell them about Christ and to tell them what he means to me. Oh, I'd step up there and boy, I'd hit it out of the park. No, we would not. Because the apostle Paul was a self-starter first, 
And that opportunity led to another opportunity. Why? He was seeking them. Tonight, folks, I believe as the people of God, we've got to learn to seek out opportunity. And Paul says, would you pray for me? And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly. Look at verse number 20. For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Notice that, as I ought to speak. If there's anybody that ought to be bold, it ought to be us. If there's anybody that ought to be bold, it ought to be us. Why? Because as we preached this morning, we know the truth, which is Christ. We know the truth. This world, what do they need right now? They need truth. And there's an opportunity on every corner. There's an opportunity in every home. Oh, yesterday, how exciting it was to go out there and knock doors. And before we left, we prayed together. Me, Leslie, and Miley teamed up. We don't get to team up often. We teamed up to go knocking doors together. And we're over there behind Cloverleaf Mall knocking a, a cul-de-sac over in there. And we prayed before we left, God, give us an opportunity. I don't just want to invite somebody to church. Nothing wrong with that. I want to witness to somebody. I want to share Christ with somebody. Lord, give us an opportunity. The very first door we knocked on. The lady comes out, told her what we was doing. Want to invite her to our series on Sunday uh, about home for the holidays. Talked about that. And she's looking at me. And she says, I'll make a deal with you. I says, Maybe. She says, I'll come to your church if you come to mine. I said, I'm the pastor. It's hard for me to get away on, on Sundays uh, and Wednesdays. He goes, oh, yeah, that would be tough. She goes, what if we have a service on a Tuesday or Thursday? I said, all right, deal. Deal. So I'm, I've committed to it. I don't know what kind of church it is, but I committed to it. I may have a really good story to tell here in just a few weeks. I said, you know what, more important than church. I said, where do you go to church? She told me where she went to church. It seemed like a good church. I said, I don't know your pastor. I haven't met him yet, but I'd like to meet him. And we just kept on talking for a little while. I said, more important than church. Can I ask you a question? I said, if you died right now, are you sure you're going to heaven? She said, yeah. I said, how do you know? And she began to tell me how she knew for sure she was going to heaven and she was saved. You see, there was an opportunity right there. I asked for it and we got it. A few minutes later, we're walking down the street, same cul-de-sac. Saw a gentleman walking down, a very nice gentleman, walking down the road with a clipboard. I was trying to figure out, what's this guy doing with a clipboard? You know, he wasn't on the bicycle, so, I, you know, anyway, he was just carrying his clipboard. So you'll get that later. I told my wife, I said, hmm, I'm interested with who this guy is. And so I made sure that we had a collision course. You know, he's coming down the street, I'm coming down the street. Made sure that we run into, hey, how are we doing? He said, doing good. I said, pounding the pavement today, huh? He said, yeah, pounding the pavement. I said, what, what you out here doing? And he was a handyman service, you know, trying to drum up business. Boy, I commend that just out for anybody. I said, well, I'm in the church business, and we began talking about the church and talking about our church. It's amazing how many opportunities are right there at the end of a cul-de-sac, but you've got to seek them. You've got to seek them. Paul said, I'm praying for utterance, and for me, he says, here, would you put this on my Christmas list for the Christian life? Would you give me utterance that it may be given unto me? Oftentimes, we quote 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within, that is in you with meekness and fear. The Bible says be ready always. You know what that means? It means you're preparing for the opportunity. The opportunities you prepare for shows how serious you are about the opportunity. Was it Pastor Louis Pasteur who said that um, uh, opportunity lends itself to the prepared? It's amazing how many times people find opportunities that are prepared for them. And so tonight, number one, why don't we put opportunity? Ask God. God, give us opportunities. But then notice what he says. I want to show you the second part of that word, utterance. And for me that utterance may be given. He says, give me opportunity that I may open my mouth. What does he say? Boldly. Now he's getting specific about the opportunity. 
Paul doesn't just want to speak. He wants to speak boldly. The second thing tonight that we should put on our Christian list, Christmas list for the Christian life is boldness. Why don't we ask God for some boldness? Paul is asking God here, if you'll notice the context of verse 19, he's asking him for boldness to speak up when the opportunity is less acceptable to other people. All right? Now, look, it's easy to be bold in our car on the way home, isn't it? I bet sometimes you rip me to shreds on the way home on Sunday morning. Boy, you're, you know, you're bold. And we're bold when our wives aren't home, aren't we, men? Yeah, amen, Brother Michael. We're bold. But, man, it's hard to be bold when we know what we're about to be bold about is unacceptable to those people that are around us. That's what Paul is saying. Now, here's Paul, the guy who stood at Mars Hill. Here's Paul who preached to just about anybody and was free of the blood of all men. And he says, I need boldness. Now, you know me. Look up the word bold, and you'll find that it means without concealment. Without concealment. Paul says, I'm praying that you would give me a boldness that I would say what I need to say without concealment. Now, this is where I saw the humanity of Paul. Here is the great apostle Paul, and he's showing us he is not immune to the temptation of Christian concealment. Have you ever felt that before? I feel it all the time. All right, now look, I don't have any tracks because I gave them all away this morning, okay? You ever go through a McDonald's? And you feel led to give that person a track at the drive-thru, and something tells you not to. Do you know what that is? The temptation for Christian concealment. It's all around us. Matter of fact, we, we commonly call it peer pressure. This is why Matthew 5, the Bible says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. Let your light so shine before men. The reason he says that is because, watch, you don't put the light under the bushel and conceal it. You put it on the bushel so it gives light to all the room. But why did he say that? Usually when you read something in the Bible where he says not to do something, that means there's going to be a temptation to do that something. When he tells us to let our light shine, it means there's going to be a temptation to conceal it. Why? Because it's not popular. In the Apostle Paul in his day, he's asking God, give me boldness. I don't want to conceal my faith. I want to speak up for the things of God, and I want to do it boldly. Look, don't be a mealy-mouthed Christian tonight. Now, look, I'm not talking about being brash and brutish. There's nothing, there's nothing attractive about that. But I'm talking be bold. Why? Well, because when we're talking concealment, we as the people of God have nothing to hide. I read a sad article the other day where Whoopi Goldberg was bragging about how many abortions she's had. How come she's so bold about murdering children? And we're so quiet and cowardly about being bold for the truth. I mean, you look at the world we're living in. Everything that God says needs to be kept in the shadows and darkness has come out into the light. And it's bold. And the only people in the shadows anymore are God's people. Why? Because we're not willing to go to God and say, God, would you give me just a little bit of boldness? Now, folks, the world's going to compel us to conceal it. That's why you better ask God to give you what you need to say what needs to be said, even when it's not popular amongst the world we're living in. I saw something Saturday that blessed my heart. We were going to our route 
And we came upon some of our people who were walking down some of the other streets witnessing. I think some of the Williamson boys, I think, is who I saw. One of you fell in a hole. I forget which one of you it was. Or one of you pushed somebody in a ditch. It was this guy right here. Yeah, his brother pushed him in a ditch. I saw the whole thing happen. You want to sue? I know Richard Schwartz's number. We can help you out with that. Okay, we're walking through there. And I think it was Carter. Was it Carter? This car is coming through the four-way stop. And they walk right over to the car. You know, I didn't tell them to do that. You know, I said go house to house, not car to car. And they come to a four-way stop, just walk up to the car, and they give it to them. Boy, it blessed my heart. They were bold. They were bold. I mean, you know, I'm just being honest with you. Uh, it's not often that I just walk up to random cars and flag people down and carjack them to get them a gospel track. But they were bold. Why? They've got something to give them. Hey, look, if you had $1,000 for somebody, I bet you wouldn't have a bit of problem running them down to give it to them. Why, man? I'm giving you something good. We're giving them something a lot better than $1,000. We're giving them an eternal home in heaven if they'll just accept it. Now, folks, we've got to get a little bit more bold. So we've got to look at our life. I'm not as bold as I should be either. Sitting there in that restaurant the other night, listening to the people behind me who obviously did not understand the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And how to get to heaven. The spirit says, go talk, go talk. The pressure said, stay seated. Stay seated. Why? Because we suffer from the same thing the apostle Paul was tempted to do. What did he say? That utterance may be given that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, folks, I want to give you my opinion. I try to tell you when it's my opinion. I have to believe that when Daniel went home after he knew the decree, I have to believe that when Daniel went home, he noticed his windows. I don't think for a second he didn't notice his windows were open. Don't tell me for a second he was not tempted to close his windows. I believe he was. Why? Well, the same devil that tempts me not to give out a gospel track and talk to someone in a restaurant... Is the same devil that was alive during his time. Daniel goes home. It's time to pray. Looks at the windows. And that temptation to conceal, there it comes. Most of the time, by the way, we give into it, don't we? We do conceal our faith. We, we wanna, that's why we want to look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world. What, you know what we're doing? We're concealing. That's what we're doing. Paul says, I don't want to conceal a thing. Paul says, what I've got needs to be put on top of the bushel, not under the bushel. God gives me utterance that I might boldly speak what needs to be said regardless of those about me that don't want to hear it. When Peter and John in Acts chapter 4, turn there with me right quick. I want to show you this. Acts chapter 4. Peter and John are being threatened. I want you to see something. Oh, this brought conviction to me this afternoon. They're being threatened, and yet watch what they pray for in verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants deliverance. Nope. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. They ask for boldness. How often, when I feel the peer pressure of the world, do I say, God, get me out of here. Get me out of this. I don't like this feeling. Rather than say, God, would you give me boldness? God, you've given me this opportunity. You've given us this stage. Would you just give us boldness? 
that I might speak the word that you've given, the truth that you've given, and not conceal it? Now, where do we get that from? Well, I'm glad you asked. Ephesians 3.12, the Bible says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. They got it from God. You get it from God. But watch this. Being bold's got to matter enough that we put that on our list. I told you on, look, I told you on Wednesday night, you know those little room of vacuums my wife got and the air fryers and all that? Hey, those are great things to put on your list, but I think boldness should go above the air fryer. Men, stick with me. I think boldness should go above the new hunting rifle. It's worth it. It's worth it. I think boldness should go uh, uh, above the new car. Why? Because being bold with the gospel speaking, the gospel that God's given us to this lost and dying world is more important than something I'm going to leave in this lost and dying world when I go. God, give us boldness. And if it's important enough to put on the list, then maybe it's important enough to have and to be. So number two, we put boldness on our list. And notice he said in verse 20, as I ought to speak, as I ought to speak. Boldness is a testament to what we believe. And finally, he said in verse 19, as for me and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly. Now notice this next part, to make known the mystery of the gospel. To make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, here's what's amazing. Paul's not just asking for an opportunity to speak. I used to hear my dad years ago talk about people who love to hear themselves talk. I didn't know what he meant until I met some. Now I know what he means. You know, just love, hey, nothing wrong with talking. I, I, it's good. God gives you a voice. Use it. But he wasn't interested in just talking. I'll be honest, I'm guilty of that. Aside from Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I'm guilty of just talking. Now watch, Paul didn't just want to talk and to speak boldly. What did he want to do? It's the last part of verse number 19. The Bible says, to make known the mystery of the gospel. Number three tonight, I believe the Apostle Paul was putting on his list of things he would like from his father. I believe he wanted to influence. He says, I want to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, folks, hear me out tonight. Oftentimes, I believe we're guilty of trying to inform people more than influence people. Okay? Now, think about that. We have social media. We all have a voice now. We all have an opportunity to inform people of things. Nothing wrong with wanting to inform people of things, but there's a difference in getting someone told and getting someone shown something. The world doesn't just need to hear us talk. The world needs to be shown something. And the Apostle Paul says, look, I don't just want to get up there and speak boldly and brashly. The Apostle Paul says, I want to influence them. I want to make known the mystery of the gospel. Oh, tonight, that we would go before our Father and say, Father, for Christmas this year, listen, I want to have utterance. I want to be able to have opportunity, but then I want to speak boldly. And Father, I don't want it to end with just speaking boldly and say, well, did my part. I got them told. No, he says, I want to make known something. I want to show them what? The mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds. Folks, tonight, why don't we pray that God would help us be an influence? That God would help us. You know, salt and light, I've said it a hundred times. What is salt and light? Salt and light is influence. 
He left us here to be an influence. Look, not just a stick in the mud that, you know what, we're just going to sit around here and gripe and be grumpy. No, we're here to influence this lost and dying world. And if we just cared enough about it to ask our Father, would you help me be light today? Not just a mouthpiece. Help me be an influence to help, help understand and explain the mystery of the gospel. Titus 1.9, we know this well. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort, here it comes, and to convince the gainsayers. Let's not be content with just getting people told. Have you ever told somebody off? I've only done it a couple times in my life. It's just not in my nature. I think I need to learn how to do that, but it's just not in my nature, okay? But I have told a few people off just a couple times in my life, and it didn't make me feel as good as I thought it would. I thought, well, once I get them told, there was one guy in a student center. I think I've told you this story before in Bible college. He was this leftward-leaning, you know, kind of a hippie preacher. And I just torched this guy in the student center. I don't know why I said it, but I said, one day my kids will teach your kids in Bible college. That's the best I could come up with. I just, I'm new to it, okay? My insults were needing a little work. And I remember I got in my car, and I thought I would feel like, mm. <laughs> that's what those preachers feel like. <laughs> nope. You know why? Because all I did was get someone told. I didn't get them shown. I didn't influence them. And matter of fact, I probably slammed the door shut for me to influence them in the future. You know what the difference is in getting someone told and getting someone shown? Care. One, you care. One, you just, all you care about is telling them your opinion. The other, you want to what? Make known the mystery of the gospel. Folks, tonight... As I read verse number 19, I was in so much more admiration of Paul. That here's a guy who seemingly has it all together, and yet he's asking God. He says, God, would you, would you give me opportunity to speak about you? And then would you give me boldness to speak about you? And God, would you use the things I say to influence people? I mean, the apostle Paul, if he wanted to cut people down, he had the education to do it. The Apostle Paul could do it probably in four or five different languages if he wanted to. But you see, his desire was not to just inform them. It was to influence them. So tonight, I believe, is God's people. That if this was worth Paul putting on his list, I think it's worth putting on our list. Tonight, this Christmas season, why don't we ask God for opportunity? God, give me opportunity. And by the way, be careful once you ask him for that because he will give it to you. He'll give it to you. It may be in a restaurant. It may be walking the streets next Saturday, door knocking. It may be at your workplace. It may be at your child's school. You never know. He's going to give you the opportunity. Then, watch this, ask for boldness. When the opportunity comes, help me be able to speak up. And then, when I do speak up, help me not to speak just to get heard. Help me speak to influence. Oh, how God could use a Christian like that. So how do you know? He used Paul. Opportunity, boldness, and influence. Let's pray for that tonight. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let's stop there.